All right, you good? I'm good. All right, let's do this. What's happening, guys and gals? Over here is John Lindeman. Over there is J.R. Parks, and you are listening to episode 24. I believe that's correct. Of the What Makes Us Human podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about Alcatraz, but but maybe not what you might think of. When I say Alcatraz, what comes to mind? Well, Jared, when I think of Alcatraz, I think of The Rock Sean Connery. Okay. That's what I think of. So maybe escape attempts from Alcatraz yeah. or high Nicholas profile Cage. High profile criminals kept at Alcatraz. Bad acting, but lots of magic. Yeah. Okay. Well this this story is gonna come after all of that. After Sean Connery. But first we're gonna start off way back. We're gonna we're way, way back. Eighteen sixty three. Oh, we're during the Civil War. Excuse me, 1868. I apologize. Oh, we're post-Civil War. Just after the Civil War. 1868, the U.S. government and uh, uh, several clans, I guess, of the Sioux tribe. I don't know if clan is the right word. Okay. But anyway, they had been fighting with, you know, the U.S. government, with U.S. government troops. And... um, this is kind of where like the Black Hills stuff comes in mm-hmm. in, in that history. And to kind of bring about somewhat of a peace, the Treaty of Fort Laramie is signed. This actually gives the Sioux people, actually gives them some other Native American land instantly because no one was paying attention to that. But it gives them Black Hills and, and some of that area that the U.S. government would later come back and take back away from them. Okay. But... There's like 17 different sections of the Treaty of Fort Laramie. We're really not that concerned with with any of that. But uh, the main part that we're concerned with is in the Treaty of Fort Laramie, there was a provision that said that any land that the federal government abandons or is no longer using reverts back to the Native Americans. Hmm. So that was in the Treaty of Fort Laramie. And this, we all know that they probably don't really mean that. It's, yes. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just look at... The federal government. Yeah. Yeah. But that was in the treaty. So, in the 1960s... 1960s. 1963, they announced that, hey, they're... Uh, Closing down Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. This was uh, Belva Cotier, a, a Sioux social worker living in the San Francisco Bay Area, read about this. Belva. Belva. And she remembered the Treaty of Fort Laramie. She and her cousin, Richard McKenzie, located a copy of the treaty, confirmed what they were thinking, and proposed that if this property is surplus land of the government... They're no longer going to be using it. The Sioux could claim it. Oh, okay. So she planned and organized an occupation and court action to obtain title to the island. And on March 8, 1864, a small group of Sioux demonstrated by occupying the island for four hours. 1964. 1964. The entire party consisted of about 40 people. This included like photographers and reporters and Elliot Layton, the lawyer who was representing them on these land stakes. 
this land claim. It's just a four-hour short thing. This was, as much of American history, not a great time for relationship between Native Americans and the federal government, mainly because they're still trying to relocate Native Americans in the 20th century at this point. Um, And in 1953, Congress passed the Termination Policy. They claimed this was to address uh, poverty, but what it what it did in reality was it ended federal recognition of, of many of the tribes and called for their lands to be sold. Mm. And then in 1956, the, Re- the Relocation Act was passed to encourage Native Americans to relocate to cities to find work. Wow. And in fact, you still see some effects of this today. Just in California, in Ca- California both because it relates to this story and because it's where a number of Native American tribes ended up as they were pushed further and further west. Right. There are roughly 109 tribes within California that have been afforded federal recognition. But there are over 55 tribes throughout California that are considered non-federally recognized. Wow. These ter- these tribes have been terminated. That's what the Termination Act did. Okay. It's essentially just you no longer exist. You no longer have any right to claim any land. Your tribe doesn't exist anymore. So that's really sad. Yeah, and we see, you know, that's 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 those numbers are as of today. That is, you know, this is something that's never been fixed. Right. So th- all this started nineteen didn't start, but the Termination Act started it was passed in the nineteen fifties. The Relocation Act was passed in nineteen fifties. So nineteen sixties relationship between the federal government and Native Americans is not good at all. Yeah. <laughs> So these protesters go to the island for four hours, claim it, and uh, publicly they begin to offer the federal government the same amount for the land that the government had initially offered them back when they bought their land, 47 cents per acre. This amounted to about $9.40 for the entire island or $5.64 for the 12 usable acres. I saw somewhere that um, that was also the same amount that... uh Manhattan was bought for. That's actually that a different. It's a different number, and we'll get to that here. Oh, in a okay. Moment. All right. I jumped the gun. So that's actually a different group that's going to come along here in a moment. Okay. But that shows I did some homework. <laughs> you did. You did. They also stated the federal government would be allowed to maintain use of the Coast Guard lighthouse located on the island, so you can still have the lighthouse and operate it. Okay. But they left after four hours under threat that they would be charged with a felony. So they didn't even spend the night? No, not not this initial first time. Okay. All right. This kind of... Now, this is under Nixon. This is uh, eventually under Nixon. Okay, yes. yeah. This is uh, the main part of the story will happen under Nixon. Okay. So 1963-64 would have been LBJ, I believe, because um, JFK would have been 1960. So it had to be LBJ initially. Yeah. By the time we get to the main part of this, we're getting into October 10th of 1969. So conversation had been brewing back and forth around trying to claim this land for for the Sioux tribe or for Native Americans in general. But on October 10th, 1969, a local... Uh, Native American Community Center 
called the San Francisco Indian Center was burned to the ground. Um, I didn't see any indication that there was anything funny about this fire. No, no, nothing indicating maybe somebody said it or anything. It just it caught fire, burned. This was really important to their community because it provided jobs, healthcare, aid in legal affairs, and, and social opportunities for the people living in California, particularly around the San Francisco area. So, with this center burning to the ground, and they've been talking about we need to take over, we need to claim Alcatraz. They decide. We're going to claim Alcatraz and we're going to build a new center there. Gotcha. So. LBJ's president from 63 to 69. Okay. You think you know something until you're on a podcast being recorded. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So this is kind of the end of LBJ going into Nixon. Right. Okay. Uh, A man named Adam Fortunate Eagle planned a symbolic occupation for November 9th. My birthday. Okay. There was a bunch of university student leaders, Mohawk, Richard Oaks. Was the guy's first name Mohawk? Uh, I believe Mohawk is his tribe. Oh, okay. All right. I was going to say that is awesome if that's your first name. Um, Shoshone? Shoshone. Shoshone. Apologies. Shoshone, Lanata Means um, is another one involved. And they get a bunch of student activists together and five boats, and they're planning to take approximately 75 Native Americans over to the island. That in itself is kind of dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's not, uh, that's choppy waters. Yeah. And when... It's like a washing machine when the tide's up there. Yeah. And when the federal government decided to turn this into initially a, a mil, military prison and later it became a federal prison, they had dynamited the rock to make like sheer cliff walls. Right. Yeah. Drop-offs. So... If you're not landing, basically, maybe at the Coast Guard station at the lighthouse, if you're trying to land anywhere else, you're getting there and you're having to climb sheer rock Climb walls, up, yeah. Yeah. That are intentionally designed to not be able to easily climb. None of the boats showed up. They convinced Ronald Craig, the owner of the Monte Cristo, a three-masted yacht, to pass by the island when their boats did not arrive. That yacht's named after a sandwich, by the way. As he passes by, four of them jump overboard, swim to shore, and claim the island by right of discovery. The idea being, I guess, that you know, if if white people can show up here, claim they've discovered this land, and claim okay. it for themselves, all right, okay, it's this, you know, it's that the, makes it it's, makes sense it's, from their it's, point it's of the view on thing. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Coast Guard quickly removed the men, but later that day, a group of students hired the boat, made their way to the island again, and fourteen of them stayed overnight. Ah, okay. This is the first time they've stayed overnight. Camped out. Yep. The following day, Oaks, as sort of one of the leaders, delivers a proclamation written by Fortunate Eagle to the General Services Administration where they claim the island by right of discovery, and then the group left the island. So th- this is based on – well, I'll let you tell it. You can tell it better. What's that? I think this is based on that um, where I was reading this afternoon. Uh, I ran across this um, that basically, when colonists would quote discover something that human beings had lived on for thousands and tens of thousands of years, they felt like you know they spent the night once and now they could plant a flag. Yeah, and I think this is you know. What they're what they're doing with this movement is almost a satirical slap in the face to the the, the 
colonizing culture of history. You know, they're saying, hey, if, if this if they could do this then and it was actually uh, credible, then we can do this now and it maintains its credibility, you know, based on past sure. abuses of land rights and whatnot. Absolutely. In the early morning hours of November 20th, 1969, 89 Native Americans, including more than 30 women, students, married couples, and six children, set out to occupy Alcatraz. All right. Now it's becoming a movement. Yes. Yeah. And I guess the president is getting, uh, you know, every morning he's getting a briefing on this thing. Yeah. Wondering how he's going to yep. handle this. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. A partially successful Coast Guard blockade prevented most of them from landing initially, but hmm. 14 of them landed and began their occupation and some later joined. Right. Uh, we'll get into to some of the number, you know, total number of people at, at different points. Because these folks, they, you know, as people, as human beings, we got this little deal where we like to eat, you know, yeah. and then we like to use the restroom and we need fresh water. Yep. So that you got a lot of issues that are going to start popping up real fast with 80 people on the rock. Oh, yeah. The island's lone guard, who was, who'd been warned that it was coming and was, you know, at the uh, lighthouse, radioed a message, quote, Mayday, Mayday, the Indians have landed, end quote. Oh, my. Again, ignoring warnings that their occupation was illegal, they moved into the old warden's house and the guard's quarters, and they began personalizing the island with graffiti. I saw that, yeah. A message appeared on the water tower reading, Peace and freedom, welcome, home of the free Indian land. Other buildings were tagged with slogans like Red Power and Custer had it coming. I saw that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The same group also, this is what you were referencing a minute ago, the same group also... Offered to buy the property ah, okay. for, quote, $24 in glass beads and red cloth. Red cloth. End quote. The same price that Native Americans supposedly received for the island of Manhattan. Manhattan, yeah. The activists added that they didn't mind that the island was underdeveloped or lacked fresh water since most of them had already endured similar conditions on government reservations. Wow. So that's a statement there, you yep. know? Yep. So, at the height of this occupation, as people are settling in, more people are coming, there were 400 people on this island. Mm. They set up a school, they set up daycare, they set up a health clinic that had nurses and physicians, um, and a radio station, Radio Free Alcatraz. Man, that's a t-shirt right there. That is a t-shirt, Radio Free Alcatraz. John Trudell, uh, a Sioux veteran, took over the broadcast of right. the radio station. Yeah. They would do uh, radio stations, I believe it was, they would do broadcasts, I believe it was every Sunday night. Okay. And they were picked up by stations um, all the way over into New York. Wow. So across the country, at one point they estimated 100,000 people are hearing this broadcast. Now, so he just did a show once a week on Sunday night? Yeah. And then it was quiet? Yeah. I wonder, you know what would be cool is if you could... Hear that today? You actually can. Okay. The uh, the broadcast group that that helped share it out yeah. has thirty nine of those episodes. Really? Okay. You can go online and listen to. Oh them. man, this station this makes you wonder what he said. You know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So the station kept it in operation until the federal government finally cut off power to the island in uh, May of nineteen seventy one. 
So, so this is a, like a November, desperate attempt. From November to May, they're broadcasting. Yeah. Trudell spoke in a calm, Midwestern voice about key issues in Native life. Uh, forcible loss of ancestral lands, matters of spirituality, uh, seriously contaminated water supply on the reservations, mm. um, inequalities in infant mortality and life expectancy on the reservations. Right, yeah. It, uh, and he would have guests on. They'd talk about um, things that related to this, but also how things were going on the island, how their how their occupation was going, but also just general things about you know Native American life. Yeah. He he addressed his listeners as just kind of a, a plain spoken, calm mediator. He didn't. It wasn't like stinging rhetoric. Right. Okay. And each program began with a song. Now that the buffalo is gone. Hmm. Each radio, each each program, each, each week program started with started that. with that song. You know, I heard today that uh, the last buffalo was shot in the grassland area um, of Kentucky. Oh, the last one in Kentucky, or Cause, in seventeen ninety? Oh, okay, the last one in Kentucky when they knew they had a real issue. Was all the way back in 1790. Okay, because I was gonna say they've reintroduced them into oh, yeah, national yeah, yeah. parks yeah, and things. Right. And but actually, I saw recently that they've gotten so big because they haven't reintroduced some of the predators. The herds have gotten right. so big that they're talking about reintroducing some limited hunting, right? Um, to try to keep the populations. It's just weird to check. think that some of these struggles go that far back. Oh it, yeah, like it wasn't even 1800 yet, and they realized there was starting to be a problem. Yeah, Nixon is. Oh, here we go. Tricky dick. Trying to handle this carefully. I am not a crook. He is wary of the fallout that would, you know, might happen if he tries to remove them by force. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, So they decided to kind of bide their time, kind of leave them alone if they remain peaceful, but also. He's hoping they're going to get bored. Kind of do other things to make, encourage them to leave the island. Yeah. Um, government officials would journey to the island on a f- multiple occasions, try to negotiate, didn't have much luck. The activists were adamant that they wouldn't settle for anything less than the deed to the island. The deed to the to, to Alcatraz. Yep. Uh, and government services administration and other agencies maintained that land transfer was impossible. Other activists supported the occupation. And this is key because there is no natural... Fresh water on the island. Right. No yeah. natural fresh water. They got water. there in November, so even if they want to try to grow food, it's not a great time to try to do that. So they support it by shuttling supplies and visitors from a mainland base at San Francisco's Pier 40. And this is one, one of the reasons why this was successful is some of the people on the island and some of the people uh, supporting them from the mainland were part of the... Uh, Longshoremen's Union. Okay. And they basically told the government, if you don't allow us to keep taking supplies over there, we're going to shut down both the ports in San Francisco. Oh, leverage. Yeah, we got leverage. Yep. So they issued out a call for contributions, and by the end of 1969, they got canned goods, clothes, all kinds of cash came in from donors across the country. Uh, Celebrities, including... Anthony Quinn, Jane Fonda, Merv Griffin, all visited the island and offered their support. The rock band, CCR, Clearwater Revival. I want to know. 
even gave them what today would be the equivalent of $100,000. Wow. To purchase a boat. Oh, okay. I thought they just gave them a boat. Nope. They, they, they gave, gave them a hundred grand. It was, yeah, it's, it was like, I think it was like 15000 and change. But, you know, with inflation being the what it is, it was roughly is equivalent of right at 100000 Oh, okay. All right, gotcha. Uh, which was christened the Clearwater. Yeah. To use to take supplies back and forth. That is so weird. Uh, January 3rd. So so this is happening. There's, like I said, at one point there's 400 people on this island. And things kind of start to fall apart. Yeah. Because they do, they don't have access to good water. The government's trying to stop them without really causing an uproar. They're trying to stop supplies and... You know, they're cutting off electricity for sometimes for days at a time. They're trying to basically make these people want to leave. Right. On January 3rd, 1970, uh, Yvonne Oakes, the 13-year-old daughter of Annie and stepdaughter to Richard Oakes, one of the leaders we talked about earlier. This is tragic. Fell to her death. So the Oakes family left the island. Just They said they didn't have the heart to, to stay. To stay, yeah. Did she fell off a stair landing in the building in Alcatraz? Is that right, or was it? It was a outside. St- it or? was a staircase, uh, maybe around the the warden's house, or it was a, it was another building. It wasn't like the prison, but it was another building on the property. That's terrible. Yeah. Some of the original occupiers left to return to school, and some of the new occupiers had drug addictions. Some of the. Uh, Non-Native American members of San Francisco's drug and hippie scene also moved to the island. Right. You know, to not pay rent, basically. Yeah. Uh, Until they passed a rule saying that if you aren't Native American, you can't stay overnight. Oh. You can come come visit, but you can't stay. Right. To try to address some of this. And so the Clearwater becomes a shuttle to get the hippies off the island every every, uh, evening. That might be fitting. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So, yeah, as they're kind of being replaced by vagrants who cared more about, you know, not paying rent than the original cause, uh, Oak said one time, one point, quote, our biggest problem are the freelance photographers and the hippies. They stay and eat up our stores, then leave. Then we have to clean up after them. Photographers. Drugs and alcohol, both originally banned on the island, were soon circulating freely among certain members of the population. Not good. In an interview with Radio Free Alcatraz, uh, Trudeau lamented how, quote, water was still their biggest number one problem Mm. and how, quote, rapidly their number two problem was becoming electricity as the U.S. government would would shut off electricity to the island as well as, you know, try to make it difficult for water to get to the island. Wow. You know, water for 400 people? Yeah. That's a lot of water. Yeah, they had at one point they had a basically a water ferry. Like that's all it did. Yeah, water back and forth. It's not back just and forth. Drinking, it's bathing, and yeah. you know all of the other things that go in with flushing a toilet. Yep. I mean, man, bathing. Yeah. Lanata means one of the other leaders that we talked about earlier. Yeah. She starts to try to find different routes to support this group. And by this point, this group has named themselves the Indians of all tribes. Yep. So she leaves the island trying to go get support. She's looking. What she's trying to do is she thinks if they can hire a high-profile attorney to represent their claim, that they win their case. 
So she's traveling you know, further and further away from the island, trying to find supporters. Rumors began to spread on the island that she was uh, offered a screen test with a movie producer for this. Okay, this I did not see. Uh, so they kind of start to view, and I never didn't see anything saying this was true or not, or if she accepted, if she was offered. But people on the island start to view her as an opportunist. She hasn't been here. You know, she's trying to oh. build herself up. So, again, uh, all this leadership is leaving, starting to break down. When she returned, she found that uh, Trudel and the rest of the um, occupation disagreed with her approach. And the rest, the remaining occupiers followed Trudel. Wow. These opposing views um, are just, it's its one example of just the ongoing power struggle that, that uh, starts to collapse this occupation. They Because they would have contradictory demands and uh, they couldn't see past their differences and compromise. By late May, the government had cut off all electrical power to the island and telephone service. In June, a fire of disputed origin destroyed numerous buildings on the island. Yeah. In part because they couldn't get water to fight the fire. Oh, okay. Left without power, fresh water, and uh, you know, public support started to wane. You know, the, all the uh, celebrities aren't talking about it as much. Right. You know. People begin to leave. Numbers start to dwindle down. One of the problems with a movement is it can accidentally become an event. And once you have an event, well, events end. Yeah. And people go home. Yeah. And, yeah, then when your movement has accidentally become an event, then you got a real issue. Yeah. Especially if your event didn't have water. Yep. Yeah. So on June 11th, 1971, a large force of... U.S. Marshals removed the remaining 15 people from the island. Down to 15 folks. Down to 15 people. But, despite kind of the the muted demise of the island, of the occupation, excuse me, uh, it really influenced change. Following the attention drawn to Alcatraz, uh, Nixon ended the termination policy. Oh, okay. And signed 22 other pieces of legislation that expanded some Native American sovereignty that had been taken away in the 50s. Additionally, the uh, occupation led to an annual celebration on the island. All visitors are welcome to a dawn ceremony on Alcatraz Island, uh, permitted by the National Park Service, called Un-Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I saw that. That happens on Thanksgiving. And also, uh, in a quite delayed response, but, you know, it is the government, the National (laughs) Park Service is uh, now contemplating, as of 2021, is now contemplating the installation of a permanent Native American cultural center on Alcatraz in collaboration with the group that was involved in the occupation or or who's left in their, their offspring. So what year did so, that? So it ended in seventy one. It ended in seventy one. So we're talking fifty years. Yeah, later. we're talking fit. Wow, fifty years later. Yep. So that is the Native American occupation of Alcatraz without Sean Connery. <laughs> without Sean Connery, I was not invited. Very interesting.
So I had heard of that at some point, but that was the extent of it. I had just, you know, yeah, it had come up somewhere, and I, I had never investigated. But uh, yeah, I read about this. I don't know if I read about this before or after we decided to start this podcast, but it was right around that time. Okay, and I was like, this this is an excellent topic for the podcast because this is yeah. something that not a lot of people maybe know about. Yeah, unless they were alive at the time and paying attention to to the news or something. And even if they were, they've probably forgotten about 50 years later. It's really something when you think about the struggle um, that they've had because there there is a moment in Dances with Wolves where John Dunbar is talking with the chief and he has this item in his lap that he takes this cloth off of and it's a Spanish helmet. Yeah. And he, and he tells John Dunbar that this thing has been in his family for like 200 years. Hmm. And this is in 1866 or something. Yeah. And I mean, that's just fascinating to think about a, a Lakota Indian being in possession of a helmet that was forged in Spain in the 1600s. Yeah. Um, it just goes to show how long uh, men have duked it out over control of the continent. Yeah. And and kind of in general, you know, the whole point of this occupation was to to highlight the mistreatment yeah. um, by the U.S. government and the Spanish before them. You know, in, in, in California, when the Spanish came in, they tried to force all the Native Americans into their mission system, yeah. you know. And uh, they, uh, yeah, I mean, the certainly certainly the French, although the French had sometimes a better relationship, at least a trading relationship. But in Canada, man, if you've seen the news stuff recently about uh, the, in Canada, they call them First Peoples is their right. name yep. uh, for, for Native Americans, what we would call Native Americans. Uh, have you seen the stuff about the mass graves of children that they found? Yeah. It's, it's awful, man. Very informative. Yeah. Can be a downer. Yeah. But you know, these people really affected change. Yeah. They got the termination policy ended. They had quite a few, you know, kind of turnarounds from, from the policies that had been enacted in the 50s that, that hurt them so much. Could have turned into a powder keg. Absolutely. But did not. Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. That, that was good. Now, uh... A little shop talk. All right. I'm going to go ahead and open my mouth and let a cat out of the bag. Um, so, for our listeners, this October, we're looking at doing, uh, are there four Sundays in October or five? I think it's four. Let me double check. We're looking at doing uh, Halloween-related episodes. Coming out each week during October. And there are five. It is, it is five. Yes. Five Wednesdays in October. Uh, there are four Wednesdays in October. There are five Sundays in October. Oh, okay. So, so do we want to do we'll four to, topics or yeah, five? We'll, yeah, we'll have to, we'll we do came four up with topics. four, I know. Yeah, we'll probably just do four then. So, but, uh, so be tuning in for that. It's going to be good. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Because October is a very scary month. So we've got one more... Um, I guess normal 
episode yeah next week i'm picking it so normal yep. however you def- want to define normal there and uh and then in uh in two weeks we'll start our halloween episodes that's right buddy so be ready for sam hain it's gonna be good all right anything else uh i don't think so all right this was very informative yeah i mean you know it's maybe I don't know. It's just, it's a story that needs to be told. Doesn't need to be forgotten about. Right. And um, it's something that I didn't know. So it's something that that you know I, I learned, and um, I, I think it. I do think it's important that that we talk about. So I like to learn a lot. All right. We'll see you folks next week. All right. Catch you later, folks. <laughs>